This podcast is brought to you by Fear Free, the initiative that takes the pet out of petrified and puts treat into treatment. Learn more at fearfreepets.com. This is the Fear Free Podcast series. I'm your host, Steve Dale. But today, I have our special guest host, Dr. Kim Bensavenga of Elenco Animal Health with a fascinating discussion about leptospirosis. Take it away. Welcome, everyone. My name is Dr. Kim Bensavenga, and I'm a consulting veterinarian for Elenco Animal Health. I am also a Fear Free Level 3 Certified Veterinary Practitioner. For those of you listening who may not be familiar with Fear Free, the goal and mission of Fear Free is to reduce or alleviate fear, anxiety, and stress during a veterinary visit. As we all know, a vet visit can be stressful, and not just for our pets, but truly for us as pet owners as well. So we are always looking for ways to improve that experience. At Alanco, we are proud to be sponsors of Fear Free, and one of the ways that we align with Fear Free is through our unique vaccine options. So you may be thinking, how are vaccines fear-free? Well, vaccines are one of the most important things that we can do for our pets to keep them healthy, but of course they aren't always fun. Our unique vaccine options offer a better vaccine experience through low volume vaccines, combinations that can reduce the number of pokes or shots our pets receive in a single visit, or even oral vaccine options, which are completely pain-free. So today, we're going to be specifically talking about one serious illness that we should be vaccinating our dogs for, and that is leptospirosis. In order to have a really great discussion on leptospirosis, I have with me an expert in the field, Dr. Jessica Pritchard. Dr. Pritchard is a clinical assistant professor of small animal internal medicine at the University of Wisconsin-Madison's School of Veterinary Medicine. She completed veterinary school at the University of Pennsylvania, then a rotating internship at North Carolina State University. This was followed by a small animal internal medicine residency at North Carolina State University, where she also completed a master's, which included studies of the basics of immune-mediated disease and leptospirosis prevalence in raccoons. Dr. Pritchard's clinical interests include infectious and immune-mediated diseases in dogs and cats. She shares her home with a Labrador retriever named Charlotte. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Dr. Pritchard. Thanks so much for having me. Really happy to be here and talk about one of my favorite infectious diseases. Wonderful. Well, let's dive right into our discussion then on leptospirosis. There's probably a lot of listeners out there who maybe aren't super familiar with leptospirosis. So do you mind first sharing with us what exactly is leptospirosis? Yeah, so leptospirosis is a disease that's caused by leptospira bacteria, and these bacteria are found all over the world, um, and typically in soil and water. And there are different manifestations of leptospirosis in humans and in pets, and we see it actually in reservoir hosts, so different animals around the world too. And some of those are really common animals that we share um, property with and probably interact with even if we don't see them on a fairly regular basis. So things like rats and raccoons um, are common reservoirs for leptospirosis in the U.S. Oh, okay. Wow. So I think I heard you mention people. So is leptospirosis something that can also affect people? 
Yes. So um, leptospirosis was actually first discovered the causative agent, so the leptospira bacteria, due to infections in miners in Japan. Um, in humans, it's commonly called Bale's disease now, after one of the scientists who first described it um, as the disease that leads to both um, jaundice, so liver problems, and also renal failure. So I know as a veterinarian, pet owners are always concerned, you know, is this something that they can get? So that's really good to know and to understand. But yeah. how do our dogs or our pets, how do they get exposed to lepto? Yeah, if we think about how our dogs explore the world um, around them, and this is especially relevant um, for Labrador owners, but all dogs, you know, they put things in their mouths. <laughs> um, they pick them up, they carry them around. Um, so it's often through contaminated soil or water. And it doesn't have to be, you know, someone who's out uh, hiking the Appalachian Trail with their pet. You know, these are, we think about where we see raccoons and where we see rats and rodents. Um, they're in our backyards. They're where people are, where their food sources are. Um, so anywhere that dogs go outside where those animals might also be, that's where they could be exposed. We do know that there are certain seasons in different geographical areas of the U.S., where leptospirosis infection is more common, um, but there's not really a time of the year that's 100% ever safe um, for dogs. That makes sense. And if I think about my own personal dogs, I know that when we go outside, you know, the first thing they do is run to sniff uh, whatever scent or animal that must have been in the yard. So um, even in our backyard, leptospirosis is something that our, our dogs can be exposed to. Exactly. It's that exposure through mucous membranes, which is typically their mouth um, or the, you know, that oral cavity area where they're going out and exploring and finding those. And if we think about, you know, our either, you know, raccoons and rats are everywhere. They're right. out in the country, they're suburban, they're urban. Um, there's, you know, dogs that go outside are at risk for this disease. So I think in the past, there was kind of this thought that dogs who were at risk for leptospirosis were, you know, hunting dogs and things like that. But it sounds like pretty much any dog can be exposed to lepto. Are there any you know, additional risk factors for leptospirosis in dogs that we haven't already touched on? Yeah, I think it, like you said, there used to be studies that showed it was these dogs with jobs, you know, dogs who went out and were hunting dogs and were male dogs and, um, you know, companion dogs seemed to be at a lower risk. And um, Dr. Moore's group actually did a really interesting study where they looked more recently and said, you know, in our last few decades, what dogs have we seen the most leptospirosis in? And it was actually um, terriers and Yorkies um, that were the most at risk in terms of how many had the disease. That wasn't necessarily because those dogs have some unique breed characteristic that predisposes them to lepto, but it's because we were focusing our prevention efforts on those dogs with jobs and saying, well, these dogs definitely need to be vaccinated and be protected. But we were ignoring kind of the, the smaller dogs that, oh, well, maybe because they're not going out and hunting, you know, they're not at risk for leptospirosis, but they go outside, then they're at risk for this disease. Yeah, that's great to know. And that study is very eye-opening because I think previously it was kind of thought of as this large, you know, working dog to your point problem, but really even small dogs are at risk. So do we have leptospirosis vaccines for dogs? Yes, that's just one of the things that while I love studying leptospirosis as a disease and, you know, as a, a manifestation of what we see in dogs that go outside, um, 
it's frustrating because this is a vaccine preventable disease in dogs. Um, the vaccines that we have now um, are great vaccines. They, they are able to protect dogs and they are um, four serovar vaccines. So there are older vaccines that were just two serovars. Um, these have really broad protection because there are lots of different flavors of leptospirosis that you can find in the environment. And having that um, four strain vaccine is what really provides a broad level of really good protection. It's wonderful that we have vaccines available, but the big question is always, are leptospirosis vaccines safe? Yes, that is, and it's a really reasonable question. You know, we have to, to weigh the benefit of the protection against the benefit of the risk of the disease. And, you know, we know that these are safe vaccines from numerous studies that have been done. Um, some really large studies too. Um, again, Dr. Morse group has done a great study where they looked at vaccine associated adverse events um, in dogs receiving vaccines all across the U.S. So this is not, you know, a regional, oh, the, you know, the, the silky terriers here are different than the silky terriers there. This is across the country. Um, and found an extremely low rate of vaccine-associated adverse events um, with a combination distemper lepto vaccine for those dogs. And what they found was that the main risk factor for a vaccine-associated adverse event was the number of injections that that pet received that day, not the number of antigens in the vaccine, not receiving a lepto vaccine versus other types of vaccines, but the number of times that those dogs received an injection that day. That's really interesting. So by giving vaccines in combination, we can potentially reduce that risk of reaction. Yes. So what makes Olenko's leptospirosis vaccine unique? So the thing that I really like about the leptospirosis vaccine that Olenko has is number one, it has good protection. It's been around, we know it's safe. We know it's efficacious. And also there's the availability to get it as a combination vaccine. So we don't have to tell owners, especially owners with maybe anxious dogs who, even though this is a small volume, you know, getting that one poke is going to, you know, make that dog look anxious. And so make that owner feel anxious. We can tell owners, you know, hey, we can offer your dog protection against all of these diseases with one injection. And so having the ability to add in lepto as needed um, is fantastic, I think. The other thing that I really like is for both lepto and one of my other favorite diseases, Lyme, these are vaccines that dogs should receive yearly. Um, so if that dog is going outside and therefore is at risk for lepto and we're trying to protect it, we're asking them to come back each year to get that vaccine. So in areas where there's also a risk for Lyme exposure, you can get that combo Lyme-lepto vaccine. And again, be protecting that dog against both diseases with just one injection, which I think is better for the dogs we know it's better in terms of risks of vaccine-associated adverse events, and it's better for families too when they see that their pet you know, is having a positive experience with the veterinarian. They're more likely to come back for that wellness care, and we're able to protect them better in the future. I couldn't agree more. I actually live in a geography where we also have Lyme, so it is nice to be able to give my pet everything they need in less pokes and make it a more comfortable experience. So I agree with you on that one. So given what we know about leptospirosis, do you feel that the benefits of vaccination outweigh the risks of infection? I absolutely do. Um, I you know, have seen dogs die from this disease. And even if dogs 
live through the disease, they are still at risk for being infected again. So if you're a lucky person who's had a dog who's had leptospirosis and they have survived, they still need that protection in the future. It's really disappointing, number one, to have dogs pass away from this disease that we can prevent with vaccination, or number two, to have families have to spend tens of thousands of dollars potentially on treating this disease when it could have been prevented with a single vaccination um, that they you know, can get from their veterinarian and protect their dog. So for me personally, when um, I got my most recent lab, uh, she came from an area where she was not vaccinated against lepto and it was the absolute very first thing that I did um, was start her <laughs> leptospirosis series because you know, it's not something that I want to see in my own dog. I don't want to have to, you know, roll the dice and hope that she's one of the lucky ones that survives. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that uh, most pet owners, as they're listening, would probably agree that they'd rather prevent a disease that's preventable than have to treat it later. So that's one thing that we love to remind folks that are listening. If you're not sure if your pet has been vaccinated for leptospirosis, the next time they're at the veterinarian, be sure to ask so that if they aren't, you can get that vaccine series started. Are there any specific dogs that you would recommend receive leptospirosis or do you think it's something that all dogs should get? I do feel pretty strongly that it's something that all dogs should get. Um, it is currently listed as a lifestyle of vaccine, but I think if we were to say what lifestyle correlates with leptospirosis risk, it would be a dog that goes outside. Yes, there might be some very few and far between dogs that only use potty mats and stay inside and truly never touch the ground outside. But other than those rare mythical dogs, I think dogs that go outside are at risk for this disease. And when, again, like you said, when we think about the risk of infection versus the risk of the vaccine, the vaccine risk is so low um, and the infection risk is present for these dogs. So I really think that all dogs that go outside should be protected against leptospirosis. We're also lucky to be living in a time where, you know, our dogs are our family members and they travel with us. And so even if a dog lives in an area that has, you know, a lower prevalence of leptospirosis, I think it's not, it's not zero really anywhere, but a low prevalence of leptospirosis, that dog might travel with its family to go somewhere where there's a higher prevalence of leptospirosis, you know, somewhere um, warmer in, in the wintertime or somewhere with a little bit more water uh, for some fun activities in the summer. So I do think that it's important that we do our best to protect all dogs against diseases that we have good protection for. I couldn't agree more. And I know we spoke uh, about some studies that actually prove that this vaccine is safe, but there's still this thought, even amongst some veterinarians, that leptospirosis tends to be more reactive. Are there changes that have been made to the leptospirosis vaccines in the recent years to make them safer than they used to be? Yeah, I think we have better technology now with um, the technology that we have to kind of purify the vaccines and make sure that we're getting the antigens in there that we need. So we're getting the proteins that will help the dogs actually be protected against the disease without a lot of extra stuff um, that might cause the reactions that we used to see. We also know in terms of old perceptions about the leptospirosis vaccine that we didn't get as broad a protection with 
um, just the two Cerevar vaccine that we do with the four Cerevar vaccine. So I think we've seen not only changes in the technology with how the vaccines are made and purified to make sure that we're getting just the things that we actually need with the smallest volume possible, but also that we have the Cerevars present there that are going to actually protect these dogs against all of the leptospires that they not, might come up against out in the environment. It sounds like we've made some great improvements to the leptospirosis vaccine over the years, and it's something that we can do for our pets to keep them safe. Thank you, Dr. Pritchard. We're, we're coming to the end of our time here today, but we truly appreciate you sharing your expertise with us on leptospirosis. Thank you it, so much. Yes. So if you are listening and you are interested in learning more about Fear Free, or if you would like to search for a Fear Free practitioner in your area, please visit fearfreepets.com. On behalf of Fear Free and Alanco, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Great information. And as a pet owner, you may be interested in how to minimize fear, anxiety, and stress in your pets every day in your homes. And you can learn more at fearfreehappyhomes.com.